I'm Claire Billingsley, host of Coffee with Claire. In today's episode, we are launching a new leadership series with Robbie Lay based on a recently penned book, Boots, where we're going to look at five different concepts that are critical to becoming a successful leader. These will include both leadership skills and communication techniques. We all want to be great leaders, but most of us aren't sure where to begin. By following Robbie's program, each one of us can become two-stepping into a bright leadership role and, of course, while wearing our boots. Stay tuned for our first segment called Believe. Today, we welcome back into Coffee with Claire, Robbie Lay, author, speaker, and communications coach. Welcome back, Robbie. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So today, we are really excited to launch your leadership series today on Coffee with Claire, and we'll walk our audience through the five stages of Boots, and at the end, they're going to have a top-line understanding of how to get started on their own leadership journey. So these five areas spell out the word boots, yes. which are believe, overcome, own, trust, and serve. And so today is the first in our series of boots, which is believe. And it's about believing in your team, believing in yourself, and your mission. And Robbie, sometimes I think that we, we really think we believe in something especially what we do, but maybe the first question to ask ourselves is, do we really believe in what we do? It is. Belief is something that has to become an integral part of your life. We say a lot of things. I believe in, and you can fill in that blank with just about anything, Sure. but unless it has become a part of what you think and who you are, it really isn't belief, it's knowledge. Okay. I define belief as knowledge internalized. Okay. And I compare it to football because I'm a big football fan, okay? I believe in football. I know football. I love the game. I watch it whether my team's playing or not. That's how much I watch it. Mm -hmm. But if you look at winning coaches and winning teams, the knowledge of that game becomes so internalized that it is a very part of the fabric of who they are. Sure. That is what you have to do with this portion, and this is what I'm talking about in belief. Believe in your mission to that point that it is a part of the air you breathe. Believe in your team. You know them so well. You know exactly where to put them. You know exactly where they fit in that puzzle. But you have to believe in yourself as a leader to that degree, too. It doesn't mean the doubts never happen. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't move to the other side of that extreme so it's the ego. Oh, well, they'll never be able to do it without me. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to fall flat on your you-know-what. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to become that strong, that much a part of your, your being, uh, the very fabric of who you are. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned is the mission. And in companies, one way to understand, you know, what everybody is to believe in is a mission statement. Yes. And to um, also have vision statements and, and value statements and things like that. So how is a mission statement um, different from the vision statement of the company? And what are the key elements for clearly communicating those to everybody? The vision statement states, mm, this is who we are, and this is sort of where we want to go. This is kind of who we are overall. Okay. The mission statement says, 
That's the action. This is how we're going to get there. This is what we do. Uh, as an author, my mission statement is tell a good story, tell it well, leave them wanting more. That's what I do. I tell a story, but I want to tell it well, and I want the audience to come back for more. So that is my mission as an author. Mm -hmm. My mission as a communication coach is to train the business community to communicate more effectively. That's what I do, and that's the mission statement. The vision is who you are. The mission is how you get there. Okay. Well, I think that really helps clearly define the, the two and, and, you know, differentiate them between each other. And one of the things that I'm hearing is that the underlying messages of everything is all about the power of language. Yes. And so do you have some examples that you can share with our audience that help illustrate just how impactful words can have even at a subconscious level? I can. One of the things that I outline in this when I talk about believe is the communication process and how do you communicate to your team as a leader. Mm -hmm. There are four basic leadership styles. All of them are appropriate at some point, mm -hmm. but you can't use the same leadership style for every person in every individual, in every situation, rather. Mm -hmm. The first one is what I call define and dictate. Okay. Here's the job. Here's your job. Go do it. Leave me alone. Define the job out and tell somebody to go do it. Okay. The second one is define and guide. Here's the overall job this is what I want you to do how you get there okay that's kind of up to you just bring me the finished results the la the third one outline and advise we have an overall picture and I'll give you some guidelines to get there but you're you're pretty much autonomous you solve your own problems and then the last one is the oversee and encourage and that is end goal your route your choice I just care about the results and I encourage you to keep going how you communicate each of those is going to define how your leadership works or doesn't work. And I imagine that as a leader, uh, everyone defaults into one of these four categories. Yes. That you will find one that you're most comfortable with, but you'll also find that it doesn't work with everyone and it doesn't work in every situation. So you have to learn to adapt as a leader. That's why you know your team. Believe in your team. Know what they do. Know what their strengths are. And know if you need to define and dictate or if you just need to oversee and encourage. So let's give the audience a couple of examples. Let's say that my natural tendency is to oversee and encourage. But there is a, um, a perilous situation in front of us. Where do I need to go? I, I can't just say, oh, well, you know, you go do whatever you want to do because there is something that has to be done immediately. In those, you have to default to define and dictate. You find that most often in brand new situations. They don't know the job. They don't know the industry. They don't know anything. You also find it in emergency and critical situations where there is life and death at stake mm -hmm. or there is a critical something that the company is at stake. We have to do it this way or it doesn't work. And you have, even when it's not comfortable, but if you have believed in your team all along and you have got that relationship, when you have to move to define and dictate, they'll listen. Yeah, I, I totally relate to that. When I was the director of training at Fast Signs, I was the in charge of the, um, the annual convention. 
and um, you know we we did these personality profiles. They had A, B, C, and D. And I typically showed up as a B personality. You know, I was the person who was always a lot of fun, and you know we could have a good time. However, when it came to convention time, when it was time for us to really get down to business, the B personality went away, and the A personality took over. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, "Oh, where's that really nice Claire? Like she'll show up after convention." Yeah, because <laughs> right now let's get the, I'll be yeah, back. exactly. Yeah, that's me. I, I, I sympathize with that because that's me. But but you have to do that to be effective because Sometimes. there are those things that just have to get done. Yes. And um, you know the you know one of the things that we talk about is you know your team responds to this default kind of personality that shows up. But you know dur- as you develop that rapport with them, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to understand how to switch, and that you know there's a lot of different clairs that are going to show up as a leader depending on the situation. Absolutely. So um, I know in the book that you've got some exercises a leader sh- could do to figure out how well they know their team members. So how do we get to know these team members to develop that rapport so they are okay to pivot and shift with us? Communication. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Not just about the job. It's not about being nosy and, and button into their business and all of this stuff, but it's an awareness and an observation of who they are as individuals. Look at their desk. What do you see? Do you see pictures of grandkids? Do you see the picture of the cat? Do you see basketball, football? What is it that is who they are outside of work, and are you aware of that? And when you pass by, when you're doing your management by walking around system, hey, how are the grandkids doing? I see that picture. Tell me about it. What does that mean to you? Something. Do they like a lot of plants? Is their desk very sparse? Do they not have anything there? Mm -hmm. And are you, you know, maybe they want to keep that completely separate. Do you respect that? And don't go, well, why don't you have this and that? That's not who they are. And when you get to those things, then they are aware that you know who they are as individuals, not just as pegs in your business. Yeah, I was reading something somewhere where they were talking about, you know, even though you could care less about, (laughs) it sounds terrible, but, you know, it's like Paul's got this great stamp collection. He's really excited (laughs) about it. And so, you know, one of the things that you can do to show that you're interested in Paul is to ask him about the the stamps. You know, now, it may not even dawn on you that you even need a stamp for a, a, you know, a, a letter anymore because, you know, we email everything. But to him, that is the world. And you know what? That is developing that rapport. That, it is. That, you know, yeah. what you need to draw on when, you know, the chips yeah. are down. And, and don't forget to actually listen when they give you an answer. Huh? Huh. That's a joke. Anyways, so we have, you know, our, our mission. We understand um, where we're all headed. We get to know our team. But the biggest thing that we have to do as a leader is first know who we are and how we show up, right? It is very important to know yourself and to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. All of the personality assessments that you were talking about, all of those out there, aren't going to do you any good if you aren't honest with yourself. If you know that you are really, really not good in that area, admit it. And then figure out how you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. You may never be the perfect organizer. I will never be. Okay, we won't tell anyone. But I can continue to work and get better. I will forever be the one who wants to be out in front of everybody. I have to know when to step back and keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's hard, whatever it is. But if you recognize who you are and you know who you are, 
then your team can at least believe when you say something, they know you mean it and they know where it's coming from. It's coming from your heart, not just your head. And that is important to the team. And I think that sometimes it's even just if you know where a weakness is or something that you don't really want to do, it's okay to hire somebody else to do that. If you're in a position where you can do that, do it. I don't personally like the word weakness. Right. Well, that's I call it a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's everything. I've always looked at this. A strength overused can become a weakness, but a weakness is just a strength that's not yet developed. This is like working out the gym. You know, you might... You've got to work out those muscles. So, um, you know, this has been a really great overview of the, the Boot series, and um, Robbie's going to be working with us again on all five of these areas, which again are... Believe, mm-hmm. overcome, own, trust, and serve. And so in the next part of our series, we'll be working on... Overcome. Overcoming. So um, tune in next time, and we will continue our series with Robbie. Thank you so much for being with us today, Robbie. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Claire. I am happy to be back and looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Besides being an author, trainer, and speaker, Robbie is also a communications coach. And I asked Robbie to share with us today one of the tools that she uses frequently in her communication courses, and she brought this one with her. It's called Dr. Tony Alessandra's Communication Style Quadrants. And there's four distinct communication quadrants that are called the thinker, the director, the socializer, and the relator. So, Robbie, you use Dr. Tony Alessandra's communication style quadrants frequently in your communications coaching. So, can you help our audience understand a little bit more about how this can help us all communicate better? Absolutely. One of the things that I like about Dr. Alessandra is he talks about this as your hardwiring. This is how your brain is designed and built to communicate. The styles are basic, and there's four. Again, the thinker, the director, the socializer, and the relator. The thinker is exactly that, very detail-oriented. They want things in order. They want all the research done. They're hesitant to change. They like their... Ducks in everything. a row? Yeah, the ducks in the row. They want all of that. The director is very much the bottom line thinker uh, or individual. It's that, just give me the one answer I want. You'll hear abrupt questions. How much is it? When do we get there? Where is it? What do you want? We all know those guys. And and it's, it's, just give me the facts. I don't want anything else. The socializer, which is me, we like to be noticed. We have a short attention span. We're not good at organization. We're great at big picture ideas, but mm-hmm. details are kind of irrelevant. Okay. And when so we're just and we want to have conversations and we want to talk to people and we want to have fun. Yeah, we know there needs to be work done, but yeah, we'll get to it. What's a plan? Yeah. And then the relator is the one that is going to be more on what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Uh, no, don't ask me what I think because I might get you upset. They really want peace. They want that no conflict. So it's going to be more of this hesitance to make a decision, uh, those kind of things. And, again, this is a very a brief overview of those four different styles. Most of us will fall predominantly into one of those four. Mm-hmm. What we fail to realize, I think, many times is that the person across the table from us 
has a different communication style. Right. We need to learn to adapt to what they need. One of the individuals that I work with on a regular basis in a volunteer organization, she is very much a thinker. She likes details. When I need to give her information, I, for myself, write it all out in this huge, long paragraph form, and then I condense it down into bullet points to give it to her. Yeah, Because that's then she has her points. But I've done my, de- my overall big stuff that makes me happy. Yeah. So you, you're able to... But she doesn't have to wade through all of my nonsense to get to the points that she needs. Sure. And do you find that there are people that fall into more than one quadrant? There are times that they're either a balance in there or they have just learned how to adapt so well that they won't fit in any one that they can talk to anybody in any of them and learn how to adapt on the fly. So do you find that those are the easiest people to manage and communicate with because they can pivot and... Oh, absolutely, because they've already picked up on what your style is and they've adapted without even thinking about it. The ones that are going to be the harder ones to communicate are the ones who refuse to move out of their quadrant. So um, as an overall um, educational point, what would you recommend our audiences to, to do with this, these four quadrants of information? Recognize where you fall. Recognize where the strength is in that one because they all four have their strengths. Absolutely. They all four have their challenges. Recognize where your strength is, where is your challenge, and recognize who the people are that you work with and when you need to adjust just a little bit. It's not going to change who you are. Sure. But learn when you need to make that little sidestep to make it easier to get your information to and from that other person. Wow, this has been great, Robbie. Thank you so much for helping us understand how to communicate more clearly. Thank you for having me, Claire. So how do I balance fun with responsibility at work? So it kind of comes twofold. One, you got to have fun with your staff, make games, do a couple of things that keep them interested, but you also have to make sure you set clear lines of accountability and kind of talk about those every day. We do a little pre-shift here at EJ Wills where we kind of cover contests and games that we're doing, but we also cover things like cleaning projects and other issues that need to be done every day. I think the best part about growing your business is getting out and meeting the community and different other business owners. A lot of networking, a lot of time spent getting to know people, all are very important when you're looking at starting a new business. How do I encourage others to have fun? So I tell everybody to take a little time every day. For me, it's about spending time with my kids and my family. But I think it's important that you look back and find different things that keep you interested and make you laugh a little bit because sometimes work gets a little too serious and you got to make sure you take time. How would I give somebody advice to keep it fun? I would say take a, take a few minutes, take a deep breath, think about something that makes you happy, and then figure about how you can bring that to work every day with you. Because sometimes it is a struggle, but the little things that kind of make you smile get you through the day. A little bit about my business. Well, we're EJ Wills Gastropub. We're a food-forward, beer-friendly establishment that likes to be food first. But you'll still have that same fun atmosphere of a local pub, TVs, tables, community, all coming together, but just with an upgraded food. (laughs) You're probably looking at it right now if I had a happy stance, but I can be more happy to be on your show and here with you guys today. Okay, so the top 10 things I learned about the first letter in our Boots series, Believe. Number 10, believe in yourself, your team, 
and your mission. Number nine, not just cowboys wear boots. Number eight, we need to really believe in what we do and not just say that we believe in what we do. Number seven, even small companies need to have a mission statement and communicate it to all of their team members. Number six, language is powerful and can be misused by the best. Number five, there are four different styles of leadership. Number four, good leaders know when to employ which leadership style, even if it doesn't match their own default leadership style. Number three, leaders really need to know their team and what motivates each one of them. Number two, you must have an unshakable belief in your own abilities. And number one, a good leader knows how to get out of their own way. Thanks so much for joining us with Coffee with Claire. Again, you can watch us on WBTVN.TV as well as Apple TV, Roku, and other Internet TV carriers. And as always, remember to follow the fun. We'll see you next time.